Welcome to episode 14 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Good to see you, Owen. How you doing tonight? I'm good, Matt. Just got done with another great week of Futures League Baseball. Uh, there were some great moments. Matt, what was your favorite moment of this week? I was in Lemonster last night for the Brave Hearts home opener. And it ended up going to a home run derby. But before that, just seeing the atmosphere and getting a chance to see what adjustments they made at Doyle Field was really cool. It was a really entertaining game. New Britain was down 3 nothing in the ninth, came back, ended up going to a derby. That was the first one I had seen in person. So it was overall great night. How about you? Yeah, so we're recording this on this intro on Sunday night. I was earlier today in Lemonster as well. We saw another home run derby and a great comeback attempt by Nashua but I think this weekend just the big wins a lot of big wins this weekend Nashua and Westfield beating North Shore Brockton finally getting in the win column against New Britain it was a great weekend for just big wins yeah it certainly was and uh, speaking of big wins we got a guy who's been in the Futures League and who has been on two championship teams on this episode Mariano Ricciardi Mr. Braveheart we had a really great interview with him and want to kick it right to that. So uh, really excited that we have a full week of baseball in the books. And let's get into our interview with Mariano Ricciardi. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He was named 2019 FCBL Championship MVP. He was named for the 2019 All-FCBL First Team. He was an all-star last summer. And this year, he returns to Worcester for the fourth consecutive summer. It is Mariano Ricciardi of the Worcester Bravehearts. Mariano, thanks so much for joining us today. How you doing, man? Good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. We're doing really well. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. We got our third Bravehearts player on the show, and uh, we're rolling on Thursday afternoon, so you guys have played four games so far. Just going to start off by asking, how have you felt so far this season? And in terms of hitting, has it been an adjustment at all? Uh, yeah, I definitely say it's a little bit of an adjustment. Um, I don't think since I was probably like six or seven years old, I've ever had three full months, close to four full months off of not seeing a live pitch. So, I mean, you can't really look at the stats too early right now. Um, you know, a lot of guys, the first couple of pitches and first at bats you face, it's probably the first time you've seen live in a really long time. So, I mean, at this point, I think most guys' approaches are just trying to look to swing at strikes and hit the ball hard. Um, I can't – I don't really think looking at the stats or looking at the results this early is really going to do you any good. But uh, I think I think I feel pretty good, you know, um, getting there. You know, I think when, the more at-bats I get this summer, the, the better I'll feel. So, yeah. And last night I was at the game at Westfield, and you guys got a bases-loaded jam. It was a fantastic double play that was turned. It looks like you came up – a little bit lame. You had a great play there at second, making the turn. But how you feeling after last night? I'm good. I uh, pulled my hammy a little bit. Um, it was actually the play after in the hold. I, I I tweaked my ankle on that one, and then there's a play in the hold. The next next play, and my uh, hamstring went out. But uh, I'll be good. I think just kind of you know. I don't think our bodies are really back into shape, baseball shape yet. So it's gonna take a little while. But I'll be good. Yeah, you'll get there. I mean, you're not the only one that's coming up a little bit limp on some of these plays. So talking about Worcester, you signed pretty late to the Worcester roster. What made you decide to come back, and why did you sign so late? Um, so the reason I signed really late was I was scheduled to play for Harwich this year in the Cape League. And obviously when um, 
they canceled the league. I was kind of unsure if summer ball was even going to go. Um, so I talked to Coach Dion. Um, we kind of went back and forth because they had some kids that were already signed. And we said, you know, we got to commit to those kids because they were already on the roster. Um, so I've, originally I didn't think I was going to play. Um, and then a couple kids backed out at the last minute. They were from out, out, of, out of state, and um, they didn't really want to spend – the time to come up here due to the COVID thing. So um, Alex texted me late and he said, Hey, you know, we, we got a spot for you if you want to play. And I was like, you know, I love, I love the Bravehearts. And I mean, obviously I wanted to come back. So that was kind of what, what led into that. Well, we're really excited to have you back in the league and first guy to play for four years for Worcester. That's quite the accomplishment, but it's been an adjustment for everyone, including the ball club itself. So a big part of being a Braveheart is playing at Hanover Insurance Park. And with Holy Cross's campus shut down, you guys are relocating to Doyle Field in Lemonster. So what do you think it's going to be like from your perspective playing there? And what do you think fans will expect if they're allowed there at some point this summer? Um, it's a definitely a lot different style ballpark. I mean, the fence is pretty short and left. So um, I, mem I remember when I played there my freshman year when Wachusett was in the league, um, there it's high scoring games, you know, you don't really get out of there with too many one run, two run uh, games. So um, the thing about that type of baseball is, you know, you're never out of a game, which is good and bad in some senses. Um, you know, I, I, we have a kid on our team from Moorhead state and they have a very similar type field. It's, it's short and right. And, you know, you could be down eight runs late and you get a couple walks and, one guy pokes one out and you're right back in it. So I think that dynamic of it's kind of cool. Uh, the fans will kind of get to see, I'm sure, a lot of home runs and a lot of offensive action. And it really tests the pitchers, I think, because if, you know, you miss a spot or you don't – even sometimes you make a good pitch, it still could be a home run there. So um, I think that aspect of it's kind of cool because you kind of get to play in a different type of environment. But um, it's a lot different than Holy Cross. I mean – you know, we're not going to have the big stadium with all the fans like we're used to. So I think for all the returners, it's definitely going to be an adjustment. But, um, you know, a lot of local guys have played there in high school. Um, Lemister High plays there. So I know a lot of the local guys have played there before. So it, it, it the, the kind of hits home for a lot of people. But, you know, in the end, it's it's baseball. So you just got to go out and play every day like like it's the same type of game, no matter if you're at a stadium or not. Yeah, we were all certainly miss Hanover Insurance Park, and a lot of people on this podcast will miss it because they were saying that that was their favorite opposing ballpark. But we'll get to that later. Kind of leaving, uh, transitioning into last season. Uh, obviously, you were first team all FCBL, and you were an All Star. You hit three eleven, which was top ten in the league. You led the league in doubles. How did you feel like you played last season? I was really happy with the way I played last season. Um, I think the second year I was there. Um, I was just starting to figure out my swing as a college player. And then last year I felt like I kind of put it all together. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel like my power kind of came into the forefront, even though I didn't have any home runs, I felt like I was, I was hitting a ball, a lot of balls deep to the gaps. Um, and, you know, I accomplished a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish this summer, you know, that summer I had a, had a pretty good year at junior college that year. And then I just wanted to kind of take that, into the summer and I mean I could not have asked for more from the summer I thought I really enjoyed the way I played and I love the team so yeah and then from the regular season to the postseason obviously you were named the MVP of the championship series 
and you guys won the championship. What was that like winning that award and winning the title for the Bravehearts? I think, you know, summer ball is kind of tough because people, some people, you know, they leave early, they don't want to play or, you know, it, it's, it's not as serious in times as your school season. But the one thing I think the Bravehearts do a great job of is they put a ton of emphasis on like winning and making sure like you're in an environment like to have fun, but to also know that, you know, just because it's in the summer, like we're still trying to win games. And, um, you know, that's the goal for the Bravehearts. They, 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 they preach that from day one. Um, and to go out and just help the team do the goal that they set out for every year was something that I was really happy about. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have asked for more of the last year. That was, that was awesome. One of the things that came up when we were talking to Angelo Baez and Sean Babineau was just, as you mentioned, the professional environment, how they set the standard above just being a typical summer ball team. Can you just talk about some of those specifics and how that attitude translates to making sure that you guys are performing well on the field and now you turning it forward to some of the younger guys who might not be as familiar with that situation? Yeah, I think um, one thing that's big on that is just how they treat us. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little different this year because we're not a Holy Cross, but they give us a really nice clubhouse. They wash all our stuff. They feed us a ton. We have showers and a trainer on staff every day. So it's really like you're playing minor league baseball. I mean, you're playing in front of fans. Um, so they give you all the opportunities that you need to succeed. And I think once you see that, you know, every team that I've been on with the Bravehearts, you know, that clicks within the first two weeks and people realize, okay, like this is a little more than just me getting my at-bats in June and July to get ready for the fall. Like there's people who really care about this. And I think, you know, the older guys and the guys who return, they know that and they kind of set the standard. And I was fortunate enough to have my brother play my first year and he and his friends kind of set the standard for me. And then when I went out and, um, started doing playing more and more years I tried to just kind of lead the team in that aspect and try and get everybody on board to say hey like it's it's all good we're supposed to have fun like that's that's part of it but we also need to come out every day and try and get a win and try and you know make a playoff run you talk about your brother what was it like to kind of have your name already implemented in Bravehearts heads even before you stepped on the field it was cool. Um, you know, me and him got to play two years in high school at Worcester Academy, which is right up the road from Holy Cross. So, um, you know, for us to play one more year together when we were both in college, it was definitely an, a cool experience. And, you know, for me and my friends, you know, a lot of my friends are playing on the Bravehearts now. And we used to watch them when they were, you know, high, we were in high school and they were just freshmen, sophomores, and they were playing. We used to see the crowds and all that. So I think, you know, Central Massachusetts, holds the Bravehearts in a very high light because you have kids like that who play for Shrewsbury Legion, for your Worcester Academies, for your St. John's, and they, they watch those games and they say, hey, I want to go and play there when I'm in college. So to be able to do that was definitely a really cool thing, and that, that, was, that was really awesome my first year to experience that. And it's not just some of the younger guys. You guys have a great cast of returning players who I'm sure you're very tight with and who you've developed great relationships with especially because you signed so late and you said you weren't guaranteed a spot on the roster, weren't hundred percent positive. You'd be back. What does it mean to team back up with them this summer? It's awesome. I mean, having the opportunity to come back, I, I love the Bravehearts. I mean, I have nothing bad or no bad things to say about the organization. They've treated me like family. You know, um, one thing I tell everybody usually is um, I transferred for three times to three different schools. So 
you know, for me, it's kind of opposite. I didn't really get to bounce around a bunch in the summer. I bounced around during the school year. So, you know, I think the Bravehearts have really taken me in and treated me like family when I didn't really feel like I had a set home. Obviously now I have a good spot where I'm at at school, but at the start, you know, when I was bouncing around and certain places weren't working out, I always had the Bravehearts to come back to in the summer, which I thought was really awesome. And, you know, they, they never denied me. They never said no to me. So, I mean, to come back for a fourth year, you know, I, I, I really am enjoying and grateful for that. Yeah. Kind of along those lines, um, the Bravehearts Twitter actually quote tweeted uh, you as calling you Mr. Braveheart. What does it mean to you to be with this organization for that many years and just have that relationship with Worcester and with the organization? It means a ton. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the guys will rag on me and say, oh, you're coming back for another year after that. You know, they, they, they kind of get on my, get on my case for it. But, um, you know, it's for me, it's, it's one of the most fun times I've ever had in the summer. You know, all three years I played here, I've had three of the best summers of my life. So I can't really, you know, w when something's great, I don't really want to sit there and try and take it away. So um, for me, you know, coming back and being able to do that was really special, and I'm, I'm just really grateful for it. Talk to us a little bit about the transformation getting to this point, fast-forwarding back from three years ago. So when you first got to the league, Nashville was coming off back-to-back -back championships. You guys were named co-champs in 2018, and now you guys are just coming off of an outright title. So you're the team to beat, and you guys have pretty much set the standard in the Futures League. You know, what has that transformation been like and how has that been coming in fresh, maybe knowing a little bit about the culture and now being so ingrained in it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, now there's some new teams in the league and obviously, you know, there's new ownership. So they they want to they want to win and they want to set the standard that the Bravehearts have. So um, just being able to kind of maintain that the more teams that come in the league and the more organizations that want to win you know the competition is just going to get better and better so we have to continue that standard if we want to keep keep doing what we've been doing for sure yeah we talked to Evan Morehouse and he he cited you guys the Braveheart's organization as kind of the model for for going into the season so that was a that was a great response to that before we get back to our interview with Mariana Ricciardi we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors Change Up. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics, and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. Changeup is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit Changeup's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. Changeup, every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Mariana Ricciardi. And kind of going to your, your plate approach, last year you walked 35 times, which is third in the league. How do you develop that patience at the plate, especially during summer ball when I know guys just want to hack and hit home runs and get on base? Um, I don't know if it's an approach, like a passive approach, I would say, but like 
I think last year especially, I was looking for pitches that I wanted until I had two strikes. So if it wasn't, you know, in the spot that I wanted to hit it, I probably wasn't swinging at it because I had a lot of confidence in my approach. I felt like it was something that could work. And, you know, when I'm in the box, if I get ahead in the count and he doesn't throw me the pitch, he's going to have to throw me either one or two more pitches in the zone to beat me. So I think that it's, it's an approach definitely, but you can't go up there looking to walk. I think you got to go up there with an aggression, but if it's not the pitch that you want, it's got to be controlled aggression. So, you know, I think the walks are kind of, you know, just if you're having controlled aggression, you're, you're going to be able to kind of handle that the way you want to handle it. So I don't think you go up there and say, Oh, I'm going to take four pitches, but you're looking for a pitch that you want to hit and that you can really handle, I'd say. So if we were looking on the analytical side and we like put you in a video game, what would be your hot zone? Or do we do we not want to reveal that on the podcast? I'm going to tell that to you guys because I don't want to give that away. Totally understandable. <laughs> and um, the other part of your game that's impressive is being a leadoff hitter. How does your approach change when you're in the leadoff spot versus when you're in another spot in the lineup? A lot of people now have a lot of different approaches to hitting leadoff. Um, you know, for me, my approach has changed since I've been with the Bravehearts. You know, the first couple of years I played – it was more see a bunch of pitches, try and foul some balls off, and hopefully, you know, get an account where I see a ton of guys, I see a ton of pitches before the rest of the lineup season. Hopefully, I get on base. But since then, I think I've tried to kind of change the approach a little bit, um, and that kind of has to partially do with what um, what I've been doing at school. But um, either way, the goal is to get on base um, if it's seeing one pitch, seeing 15 pitches, either way, I think the main goal is to get on base. So for me, I just trying to try now I'm swinging at strikes, you know, I'm not going to take bad pitches um, or I'm going to take bad pitches. and I'm going to swing at pitches that are in the zone, but I think my approach has changed a little bit. And I think I can credit coach Dion for this too, a little bit because, you know, he wants a swing and a bat. So if you see a strike, if it's the first pitch, you know, it's not old school baseball where you got to say, okay, I'm just going to watch this one go right by because that could be the best one you get in the at-bat. So, you know, if you, if you have a good approach and you're swinging at strikes, I think the most important thing, especially being a leadoff hitter, is making sure you get on base for sure. So at the dish, you hit left-handed and you throw with your right. I've always been fascinated by that. Was that ever something you tried to train yourself in just to be able to get that jump out of the box? Have you ever tried hitting from both sides of the plate? Just talk to us about how you developed that. So I think when I was like really, really young, when I first started holding a bat, I did hold it with my right hand. And my dad tells me and my brother a story that he just grabbed the bat and put it in our hands this way. So from then on, I've always been a left-handed hitter. I never really thought about it. Um, I shoot a hockey – I used to play hockey. I shoot hockey lefty. I golf lefty. So, everything I do hitting-wise is lefty. I don't know if that's the case because my dad just said, here, you're holding it this way. Um, I never really tried switch hitting. I always probably should have because, you know, left-on-left matchups aren't, aren't the greatest thing in the world. But um, I never really got the – never really took the time to do it, I should say. My brother tried it for a little bit in high school, and um, he was actually decently – decently good at it 
But um, for me, you know, I just my dad put it in my hands, lefty, and I just I've been I've been swinging that way ever since. So if you were to shoot hoops, would it be right-handed, similar to like kicking with your right foot? So it's really just hitting motions, like you mentioned. Any hitting motion is lefty, but throwing wise or shooting a hoop, throwing a football, all righty. Interesting. All right, I like it. Maybe maybe dad knew what he was talking about. It's worked out so far. So you just mentioned finding a home this spring and getting a chance to play for a program like Dayton. You got off to a hot start. You started 14 games at second. You went 20 for 59, 339 batting average. Where did you feel like you were at when your season ended? I felt like I was in a really good spot. Um, you know, the ups and downs of a baseball season definitely haven't taken place within the first 14 games, but I definitely feel like I was really starting to hit my stride right around the time that the season got canceled, which it's disappointing, but you know, it's kind of something that everybody's had to deal with this season. So it's, uh, it's tough, but um, I definitely felt like I was really starting to hit my stride and get into the right spots that I needed to be in this summer. And speaking of Dayton, Alex Brickman is, one of the Dayton players floating around the league. What's it like to, what was it like to play against him on Tuesday night? And of course, I'm sure you saw his three run bomb to tie the game versus new Britain on Sunday. Yeah. Brick, uh, Brick's one of my good friends. I, uh, we, we have a, we have a really, really close relationship. He's one of my best friends. We actually went to high school together too. So we went to Worcester Academy and um, to have him at Dayton is really awesome because he's a local kid and, Last year was my first year, so he kind of took me under his wing and took care of me and made sure, you know, I was doing all the right things and being in the right spots. Um, and it's it's cool to play against him. I mean, he was on the Navs the first year I played, I believe. So we would always kind of rag on each other and get in each other's faces and just joke around. But, um, nah, Alex is a great kid. I have nothing but good things to say about him. And um, it's really fun to play against him. And he's, I mean – and you guys know he, he's got some power. So when he, when he gets into a ball, it, it goes. So um, I just I, – I, I love Brick. He's, he's one of my really good friends. And, yeah, it's awesome to play against him. Yeah, that's not a short fence in New Britain. I think that thing cleared in about three and a half seconds. And we were all talking. We were like, I wonder what the exit velocity on that one would have been. It would have, would have been pretty high. But he's, he's been a great player, and he's started the year off hot so far. You just talked about Worcester Academy. You were a standout talent there, and I'm sure that that served as kind of a funnel into your role with the Bravehearts. So you were a perfect game, New England preseason All-American in 2017, hit 402 your senior year. What was your experience like there? And then if you can just talk about how that maybe translated to getting in touch with the Bravehearts. Worcester Academy was uh, a really, really awesome experience for me. Um, again, I made some of my lifelong friends there. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a place that's really hold, hold, I hold close to my heart. Um, baseball wise too, I think New England prep school baseball, I really don't know if there's a better level for a high school kid to play up here. Um, I think, you know, every game you're at least facing one or two division one players somewhere on the field. Um, and I think that definitely helped me, you know, when I decided to make my college choice. When I actually got recruited to FAU, they didn't see me in summer ball. They saw me in Worcester Academy because we take a southern trip and we go to Florida um, and we actually play down there against other prep schools. And that was where my first school actually saw me. But um, 
it's it's a it's a, it's good competition, man. I mean, you like I said, you play really good players. You you get you get in there against some good guys that you know. We we played against Jared Schuster, who went in the first round this this draft, um, and we faced him two or three times a year. Matt Tabor, who went in the third round from uh, to the Diamondbacks. I mean, the local kids that get drafted usually were playing at a New England prep school, so. For us to go up and play competition that way, it, it was enjoyable. And, I mean, it definitely got every kid who was going on to play at the next level. It definitely helped them kind of, you know, have a little step ahead from, I, I'd say, the other freshmen when they go into their school year. Yeah, so that provided as a really good base jump for your college career. Now, you did mention you have jumped around a little bit got recruited, played at Florida Atlantic where you redshirted. Then you went to Cypress College. Now you're at Dayton. Just talk about that process and what it means to finally have a spot in a program that's at the D1 level in the A-10 where you're getting good looks, playing with guys who are also really talented like Brick, as you mentioned. You know, talk about that transformation and now kind of feeling like you finally have your spot in college ball. Yeah, it's it wasn't easy. Um, you know, my freshman year, I, I thought – a lot of different things were going to go my way. Um, and unfortunately it didn't. And it really, it really messed me up mentally a little bit because I had always been one of the best players on the team. I had always been somebody who started every game and to go there and be told that I wasn't good enough, that, that, that hurt for sure. Um, I thought a lot of things were going to go differently. And then obviously the whole Juco route, is a lot different than an NCAA level baseball because there's no rules and um, you know, you're on the field all day and you're working really hard, but I think everything happens for a reason. You know um, I ended up finding a home where it would coach King and university of Dayton that I love and um, I'm really grateful for them, but I don't know if I would have ended up there if I didn't experience those first two years. So I, although it was really tough, I think it had to happen for me if I wanted to get to where I needed to be. And sometimes, you know, every path isn't, you know, just a straight shot. Um, I think people have to deal with things like that. And for me, I had to deal with that pretty early in my college career. So um, I think it definitely made me a better player and it kind of fueled my fire to kind of prove people wrong. Yeah, you certainly continue to prove people wrong, both at Dayton and with the Bravehearts. So one of the stops on your journey was Cypress College, and one of your teammates there was Eric Chavaria, current Braveheart. What's your relationship like with him? So Chav and Jack Gardner were my roommates at Cypress. Um, and the reason I actually ended up going to Cypress was because Jack is from Jefferson, Mass., which is the town over. So me and Jack have been friends since high school. He went to St. John's. And um, I needed a place to go after my freshman year. So I texted Jack, and I said, Hey, tell me about Cyprus. Like, well, what's the deal? He's like, we actually need an infielder. Like I can tell the coach about you. Like we'll figure it out. I talked to coach Pickler who actually coaches in the Cape Cod league. And um, he talked to me and he said, Hey, yeah, we'll take you. Um, and that's where I met Chavi. So um, he actually was good friends with Jack out there. Um, met him in probably the first couple of weeks and he ended up actually staying in our apartment with us. So um me and Chav's relationship is really good. Um, I, I tried to recruit him to come out here and play for the Bravehearts. Um, he'd never been on the East Coast, so it was really cool because we got a chance to live out there in his hometown for a couple months. And then in the summer, we got him to come out here. And 
he had a blast. I mean, we really enjoyed having, having a summer together. Um, he's, he's one of my really good friends again. You know, we had, we had a lot of really good experience out in California and, you know, he's, he's one of my closest friends. So being able to play with him and have him on the team this year after being one of my JUCO teammates, it was, it was really cool. Talk to me about that 2019 season at Cyprus. So you guys finished 30 and 15 in game three of the super regionals in the CCCAA. You guys were trailing six to three going into the ninth, took the seven to six lead. You had an RBI in that ninth inning and, you know, unfortunately lost on a walk-off in the bottom half of that frame. But what was that experience like with being in the JUCO super regionals being part of a deep run, as you mentioned, college ball being treated a little differently than summer ball, Worcester being an exception, but what did it mean to go that far and have a shot at going deep in that tournament? Yeah, that was a really fun experience. Um, The California junior college actually is set up. They don't play in the national tournament because there's so many teams in California. So they only play the state. And um, we actually played El Camino who was this two seed. We were the 11 seed. And um, they were good, man. We, we went to their place, and we had to beat them twice. They, they kind of handled us the first game. We came back the second game, battled back, and won. And then when we played the third game, I mean, that was one of the most crazy games I've ever been a part of. We were down by a ton, like you said. And, I mean, we kept bringing kids off the bench, and it was just like triple, triple, triple. And we just kept scoring runs and everybody was like, oh my God, we actually might have a chance to tie this up. We take the lead and then we came back and we lost on a walk-off. But, um, you know, a lot of things people don't know about that season was that El Camino team. Not sure the catcher's name, but I know we played him in the regular season. And unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident, I'm pretty sure. He was committed to, not sure what school, but he passed away. Um, I think somebody hit him with a car. He was on a skateboard in the sidewalk. And, um, you know, that team rallied, got the two seed in the tournament. And I think the kid who hit the home run against us didn't even have one on the season. And he crushed it to left field. So I think that was one of those things that was just kind of fate. Um, We didn't really, you know, question it too much. Um, I think they had something looking over them that, that series. But to play them and be in that environment was definitely cool. I love the, I love the way the tournament was set up, but um, you know, if it was any team to lose to, I think that situation, you know, you got to kind of tip your cap to that team and just take the loss like, like a man. Yeah. Well, thanks for staring, sharing that story. I know that's something that wouldn't appear in the box score and that guys like us on the East coast, not being familiar with the Juco circuit in California, but you know, an incredible story and certainly a good season for yourself that helped launch you into where you are today. And where you are at today, Dayton, talking about some of their other sports, Dayton basketball, finished third in the country this year, had a legitimate shot at the national championship after going 29-2. and two. What was campus like during that? I know it was your first season there, but are you friends with any of the players? And what was the general vibe as – Obi Toppin and that crew were a wrecking force. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was very disappointing to see that, uh, not them not be allowed to play that out because that was definitely a special team. Um, I do know a few of those guys, uh, a lot of them are in my classes here and there and, you know, they're really down to earth, humble guys. You wouldn't really think 
that by the way they talk that they're, you know, number three in the country. But, um, you know, the buzz around campus was, was a really cool. I mean, especially my first year there being able to experience that. I mean, that place was jumping and it, it was a really, really cool experience to see all that and see kind of how those guys went about things because, you know, they were, they were obviously, like you said, really good. And, you know, to be able to have them represent our school was, was awesome. And I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm at UMass and they're in the A-10 and the hype when they showed up to campus that day was ridiculous. And we gave them a run for their money, but we did not win. So, but yeah, it was still, it was still cool to experience that. Yeah. We're kind of moving to you personally, according to your bio, when, when it's all said and done, you hang up the cleats, it says you want to be a baseball coach or executive. How did that decision come about and any level of coaching or being an executive specifically that you prefer? I don't know. Um, I love the game. So I definitely think I want to stay in it some way, shape or form. My brother now is a scout for the Red Sox and my dad works for the Giants. So um, definitely would be super interested in doing something like that. Um, I'm really trying not to look too far in the future. I'm trying to play as long as I can, but you know, after I really wouldn't, I really would be interested in doing something that has to do with baseball. I don't, I don't really have any, exact specific thing that I'd want to do but I love the game too much I don't really know if I could just walk away from it yeah so do we man that's why we're doing this and how about a message to Bravehearts fans that you want to send them for this season um I just say we appreciate your support and you know obviously we're not going to be at our home field this year but you know your support is something that's really special to us um and I think you know, you guys having the ability to kind of stick with us through this difficult time means the world to us. And, you know, we're going to try our best and, you know, give it our all and hopefully bring back another championship for you guys. So, Mariano, this has been awesome so far. We got one final segment for you. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So we got a couple more questions for you for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? Sounds good. All right. I know this might be a hard one because you have plenty to pick from, but favorite FCBL teammate? Ooh. God. I'm going to get some heat if I don't say the right name here. So, oh, geez. Favorite one of all time, FCBL teammate. I, I'm going to say a couple. Is that okay? Can I say it? Totally fine. All right. I'm going to say... Chav, Seb, Jack, Patane, and Baez. All right. A strong us. top five by any means. If I don't say all five, they're going to they're gonna yell at me. So <laughs> It's early on. We don't want anything happening with chemistry for the Bravehearts that happens on here. So whatever it. you got to do. Favorite opposing ballpark in the league? I got to say New Britain. I mean, that, that place was unbelievable. Um, yeah, definitely New Britain. After after seeing that the other night, that was sweet. Yeah, and uh, like I said, huge outfield out there. So you're a guy who hits to the gaps. A lot of room there to put doubles and triples. Um, Walk-up music, whether it be at Dayton, anything you've had in the past, something you're going with this summer. My favorite? Take your pick, however you want to answer that question. What song – when you know is coming on the loudspeakers, you know it's time to ball. 
I, honestly, I went out to timeout by Mike Studd last year, and I really – I had a good year, so I'd, I'd say that. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it this year, but um, that was probably that, – that one got me going for sure. All right. Favorite big league team? Got to go with the Giants. They pay the bills. Okay, I love it. Have you had a chance to go out there to see a ball game? I have not yet, no. I heard it's beautiful. My brother got a chance to go with my parents, but uh, I was in school, so I couldn't go. But, yeah, I heard it's a sweet park, so I, I got to get out there. Definitely a baseball bucket list item. I had a chance to go out there once. Incredible. Favorite big league player? Jose Altuve. Even though he got a lot of heat because of all this stuff, he's the same size as me, so I love him. Thoughts on the buzzer situation, yay or nay? I don't know if they buzzed. They definitely cheated, but uh, I don't know if they were doing the buzzer. That, that, that seems like a lot, but they definitely were not playing by the rules. That's for sure. Okay, but Altuve still a Houston legend and a, a great product of the game, so we'll, we'll definitely accept that. Bat and glove that you use. I swing a dovetail bat. I've been swinging those for like three years now. Um, Shout out to Paul Cheesy. He's a Central Mass guy. He hooks me up. So uh, that's my guy. And then I, I use a Wilson A2000. And then what about uh, cleats that you lace up? I'm a Nike guy. Um, I rocked a pair of Jordans during the school year. They were kind of they were, they were swaggy, so I like those. And then um, I'm rocking some trouts that are Bravehearts colors that the school gave me this year. So, yeah, definitely a Nike guy. What edition of Jordans? I'm not super in on the baseball circuit. I don't know if they have like the fours or the 11s, or is it like a Jordan baseball specific cleat? Yeah, I have a Jordan one cleat. I don't know if you saw our red uniforms this year, but we wore them with our all red uniforms. And uh, me and the shortstop wore them together. They were like custom, like baseball style, rubber red Jordan ones. So I was a fan of those. Sweet. That's awesome. And what about a baseball nickname? Everybody calls me on them. Um, yeah, I have a couple other ones I probably can't share on the screen, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that one for right now. <laughs> nice. And are you superstitious? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. I do this thing in between innings, like on the throwdowns when the catcher throws down. If we have like a bad inning, the inning before, we'll switch it. But like if we don't – like they don't score any runs, like the same person has to catch the throwdown every single time. Um Try to think what else do I do? Oh, I have to do this weird routine before I go into the box. Like I take a practice swing and then I like, like swing my leg over and hit both thighs, both times. Uh, that one's weird. Um, if I'm chewing gum and I get out, I switch the gum. Um, trying to think what else do I do? That's pretty superstitious. Oh, I also put my cleats on like, I, if, like, I usually go to the field in flip-flops, and then I'll put my socks and cleats on. But when I put my socks on, I go sock, and then that cleat, and then that leg's done. And I do sock and cleat, that leg's done. But I definitely have a lot more. I'm very superstitious. I just can't think of all of them. But those are the ones I have off the top of my head. Yeah, those are awesome. And they help you play well, so why not, right? Yeah. And then how about a game day meal, whether it's post-game or pre-game? Well, uh, I will say Coney Island hot dogs are one of my, one of my go-tos in Worcester. I, I go there, I get like three or four and 
I don't know. When I eat healthy, I usually don't play good. So I usually try to eat. That's weird, but I try and eat bad sometimes, like Chick-fil-A. Uh, I'll usually, when we were at Holy Cross, there was a Wendy's across the street. So everybody was hitting the four for fours. Um, you know, what we do is we get two four for fours, like eight bucks, and you get two burgers, two fries, eight nuggets. Uh, and that, that was kind of the wave on the team for a little bit. So, um, yeah, anything that's kind of fast food, I don't, I don't know why. I'll try to eat something a little healthier after the game, but fast food definitely before. I don't know why. So I've been there recently. I forget if it's the four for four or the $5 biggie bag. They've recently gone chicken sandwich and 10-piece nuggets. Thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's never a bad move for lunch. So I, I, I can't blame you there, and it's cheap. So, yeah, I'm all aboard on that, especially as a college kid. Win-win. <laughs> And then when allowed, bubblegum or sunflower seeds? I'm not a big seed guy. I'll tell you what, I eat seeds when I'm hungry. Like, if I'm on the field and I'm, like, kind of hungry, like, I'll, I'll chew on a couple seeds. But I like gum because I just, like, when I get nervous, I can just chew on it and chew on it. And Like I said, I spit it out if I get out. So. And then any brand or flavor in particular? My mom really likes this dentine fire, and it's, like, yeah, it's like hot gum, but like it's good. So uh, I, she's got like a bunch of them in my car. So I just like, I'll just rip four or five of those before I go out for BP, go back to the car, take some more. But I'm a double bubble guy too. Can't really go wrong with Big League Chew either. But uh, yeah, so. Whatever gets, the, whatever gets the job done. Yeah. And then lastly, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? All-time baseball memory. Last year was got to be up there for one of them, winning that whole thing. That was we, – we were really close. That was fun. Um, I either say that, winning that, or winning the New England Prep School Championship my senior year. Um, that was just a great day too. But, yeah, I've had a lot of good baseball moments. I don't really know if I can narrow it down to one, but I'd say probably those two, yeah. Well, Mariano Ricciardi, you guys might know him as Ano or Mr. Braveheart. Either way, fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. We'll see you on the diamond soon. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. This was awesome. So this has been episode 14 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. we got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.